So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. It's a Monday here, and I am feeling it. Last Monday, not so much. This Monday is mine. Welcome to the show. Look, the entire purpose of the SFP Podcast is to help you grow your business, and we do this uh, by bringing on other experts who have done just that, whether for themselves or they built a career doing it for other people as well, both in this industry and out. Uh, and it is, it's a privilege to be here. It really is. Uh, this is a, like, this isn't my favorite time of the year, listeners. I don't know if you feel this. I get excited. We're in January and I am excited for what is going to occur uh, throughout the rest of the year for us. 2019 right now, it's just, it's an exciting time. We just got done with a two day bridal show that we dominated, man. It was so good. Uh, and so we're creating our strategy for, for how we're going to be following up with all these amazing clients and the ways that we're going to serve them and how we're going to convert. And, and it's, it's exciting stuff. And so anyhow, I hope that you're feeling that too. This is the time to be strategizing, to be investing, uh, your, your, your time, your mind, your energy into building your business. If there's ever a time to be in your business, to be growing it rather, uh, it's now. And so thank you for listening today. We got so we got someone fun here. If you're if you're at this kind of stage in your business where you're looking at growing, you're looking at scaling, or you're looking back at your previous year and you're like, holy hell, I cannot do that again. I need to get some organization. Then today's going to be a good episode to listen to because it, it, it's for both of these things. It's for organization. It's for growth. It's for scaling. It's for getting more time back in your life. It's for serving your people better. It's for less anxiety. We got Meredith Gradle uh, on today's episode. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some of the fears that we have in this industry, specifically in regards to dropping the ball. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been in that situation where you have to call up a bride and let them know that you made a mistake and you're not going to be able to shoot those engagement pictures or you're not going to be able to be at that wedding. Like these are like some worst case. Well, worst case scenario is it's actually the wedding day and you get the call while you're like in like cereal and watching Saturday night morning or Saturday morning cartoons. Like that's the worst case scenario. Um, 
But we're going to talk about this, right? This fear of dropping the ball, how we manage this fear, how we solve this problem, how we keep growing, because this fear keeps getting bigger and bigger the more and more you take on. And so let's head it off, right? Let's head this thing off. Meredith Gradle, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. It's a Monday and I'm feeling good today, so I'm, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Feeling good Excited. on a Wednesday. Any, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's this one episode of South Park. <laughs> it just gets me every time. Uh, feeling good on a Wednesday. If someone out there is listening and they're like, they're laughing themselves and everyone else is like, Ben listens to, he watches South Park. <laughs> Anyhow, um, feeling good on a Monday. Meredith, where are you out of? Uh, we're out of Indianapolis. So it's snowy here and it's beautiful and freezing, but it's okay. No, we're not far. Mid, no. Midwest. The Midwest. Represent, this is like the second Midwesterner that I've – I just categorized you as – yeah, this is yes, the second did. Midwesterner. I'm good with I've it. It's okay. The, uh, good, good that I've had on the podcast this year. Yeah, so you know we're here in Columbus, Ohio. I'm loving the snow. I can't wait to get the inner tube out and go down a hill. That's same here. I'm so jazzed about it. I actually think I'm going to leave the studio a little early today just to do that. My wife's picking up snowsuits from Walmart. We're going to, we're going to do it up. Right. Uh, I'm excited for that. Meredith, what is like, what is your January kind of look like for you? Is this like when I started this, this episode off, like I'm excited. Like, and and it's, by the way, it's this particular time where it's kind of like mid January because early January, I'm just, uh, I'm in a funk. I'm weird. It's like, you're still getting over the holiday weird stuff. Uh, and you like, don't know what to do with your life. At least this is me every, every January 1st. Like, what am I doing? But by about mid January, um, the machine is starting to roll again. And the momentum is taking, uh, it's kicking up and ideas are blowing and, uh, and you've got time, right? Is that true for yeah. you too in, in mid-January? It's exactly the same. So I think the first week or 10 days even are just trying to get kind of back into the rhythm. Kids are back in school. Everyone's back in the office and we're trying to kind of figure out, all right, what's our game plan? And so this, you know, this morning we came in, we all had, we had our team Monday morning meeting and we're kind of excited. And I think everybody's ready to just kind of uh, buckle down and, and get some things moving and some exciting things uh, in the works. So it's, it takes me a little while. I'm with you on that. Um, but now I'm ready, ready for it. Yeah. Listeners, I hope you're ready too. If you're not, grab yourself a Slim Jim and strap in because <laughs> this is the most ridiculous line that I've ever said on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, Meredith, geez. Meredith, what was your photography journey like? Because you, you were a photographer. You're, you've, you've since stepped out of the, the actual being a practitioner of photography. Is that true? You're no longer running a studio? That's true. That's correct. Okay, yes. so let's, let's go back then. Where, where did you begin uh, into the photography world? Yeah, it's, a, it's probably very similar to so many other photographers. So I back in probably 2010, um, I had a SLR camera you know, that I had for many years. We got it because my husband was a cyclist and for some reason, we thought it would be fun to take pictures of him and during his races, right? So we had this camera, had no idea really what I was doing with it. Um, and I took a couple classes and quickly realized like, wow, you can 
really use these things to your advantage and get creative. Um, and so it kind of snowballed from there. You know, I, I started taking photos of friends and their families and, um, and soon was, was really falling in love with it. So I started the business. I was primarily doing, you know, family portraits, um, and then really got into kind of the newborn, um, newborn and maternity world as well. Um, and then was able to, um, second shoot for a wedding photographer here in Indy. And that was, I mean, that's a whole nother world, wedding photography and port, just kind of the portrait world. They're very different. Uh, and I love very both different. of them. Yeah. But I really Which do you like them. more. Let's be honest. There's always that kid that you love a little bit more. Don't try to yeah. tell me you don't. I got mine. I know you got yours. Right. So, so, so don't tell me your kid's name that you love. I won't. But tell me, <laughs> it's got to be secret. Yes. But what about what about photography? I mean, between those three, so families, babies, weddings. Families were probably my favorite. Babies were the least favorite. I started really excited about it, but you know, the newborn world it is hard and it's very unpredictable. Uh, you can't control much of it, and it's that's similar to the weddings. Now, weddings I really liked as a second shooter. You know, second shooting I loved. You know, being able to be there to support the primary photographer. The wedding days were always so. F- fun 99% of the time, right? They were very fun. Isn't uh, it a lot more fun when you have no responsibility? Yeah. You know, it's the, the, the pressure is not 100% on you. You have a role and, and I had worked with this photographer for many years. So it got to the point where, you know, I knew exactly what he needed and when, and we worked well together. Uh, but you know, the pressure was definitely not as much on me. And, uh, and so I really liked it, but families were kind of my bread and butter. It's what I really enjoyed. Uh, and I loved being able to give something, you know, I love that gratification of giving them something that they would have forever basically. And, and then see them come back year after year. So that was, that was what I really loved. Um, but I did spend a ton of time and, and energy on newborns and, um, you know, it just, I got, I got burnt out essentially. So, yeah. uh, so moved on from that and really focused on families for a long time. So as you started growing, uh, the business, uh, doing not just, um, families, but babies dabbling with weddings, doing some second shooting at what point did like the fear of keeping all this together really begin to set in? Did it happen later once things started to really scale or was it always kind of present of like, organizing all this stuff? That's a good question. I think it was always there. Um, and it, and I always just thought, well, I, I got this. I, I can, can, I can manage all of this. Um, I was at the time. Can you define this fear, by the way, that we're talking about? Like the, it's the fear of what? I, yeah, I think it's the fear of, of not making people happy to, for me personally. So I, I think that's what I, why I was drawn to photography a lot in the first place was I love I'm a people pleaser and I loved that I could take someone's photographs and they would fall in love with them and just be so over the moon about it. Um, And so for me, I would, that's what I was always trying to get to, right. was always making sure that my clients were so happy with me that they would always come back to me, that they would tell their friends, you know, this is who you should go to for your photos. Um, So I think that was, that was always what I was striving towards and hoping that I was achieving. Um, yes. And I so people. relate to that. Yeah. I think that there's probably, I mean, every listener probably out there is, cause it's like, man, it, for many of us, it's, we're like solopreneurs or we're a husband and wife team and it feels so personal. Yes. And so to let, like to, uh, to have someone be, be disappointed at any point in the process 
it feels so, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just feels so personal. It's like you let a friend down or like, um, you put so much of yourself into this. Uh, I relate, I relate to this so much that I went to like great lengths, uh, sacrificing myself in every way <laughs> to, to make sure that it wouldn't happen. And that wasn't sustainable. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I think the biggest fear for me was, uh, just me- like completely me- messing up in, a, in an unforgivable way, right. Where it's like, I just don't, I, I don't show up, you know, I think that was always my biggest one, but it sounds like for you, it was, it was broader than that. It was just like, I just don't want to let anyone down. Yes. And I'm still that way. Right. I, I'm still a people pleaser in, in, uh, from my core, you know? And, um, but I think, I don't think I realized how big of a fear it was until I did have the, I let you down moment. And what was that moment? Tell me about it. Can we put yeah, you in the spot? Yes. So, uh, and I tell people this story a lot just because I don't want it to happen to anybody else. If, if you're like me, right. Where that's, it, it's debilitating almost. I had a client and I had shot their maternity, their family, and now was up again to photograph their, their newborn session. And they were hands down one of my favorite families. I loved them. They're they had two little boys, super polite, so much fun on the family shoot and at the maternity session. And so they had a little girl. We photographed the newborn session. It went really well. They, you know, mom was just ooing and awing over my shoulder as I was photographing and so excited about the images. But my big mistake, and and I harp on people about this all the time, was I wasn't very clear before the session as to what their expectations should be. So I didn't tell them, this is your, you know, here's your turnaround time. Here's what happens next. Um, If you would like an album, here's what that process looks like. I didn't give them any heads up as to here's, you know, here's what you can expect after the session. I just, I got very casual in my communications. And so I vividly remember at the session saying to dad, okay, you'll have your images in one to two weeks which was typically my turnaround time between one and two weeks. And, uh, and I always, you know, I always tried to get in closer to that one week mark, but for this particular session, I got it in at two weeks. And unfortunately what I meant when I said one to two weeks was that they would have their online gallery of images to choose from. Then we would look at designing an album and any birth announcements, which would come, of course, after the two weeks. But what dad heard in that casual exchange was we will have our images, our album, and our birth announcements within two weeks. So about week three, maybe, I get a very unhappy email from dad who says, we would like a refund. You told us that we would have our stuff within two weeks. And now we are here at three-ish weeks and we still don't have birth announcements. And now it feels like it's too late to do anything. And he was just super unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can tell you, I had, my heart was pounding. I was starting to sweat as soon as I read that email because that's how much I want to make my clients happy. So, (laughs) so I sat on it for a day, you know, I thought for my, my gut instinct was Meredith, you're a business owner. You told him one to two weeks and you met that timeline and they love their images. It's not that the work wasn't great. Um, but I sat on it and I, the next day I thought, you know what, Meredith, 
you didn't have a good process here. You didn't communicate effectively. You should have what I knew what I should have done, right? I knew that in the very beginning stages of my process, I should have formally communicated, hey, here's what you can expect, clients. You know, the shoot's going to happen. This is expect a couple hours. And afterwards, I'm going to get some images ready for you. You'll have an online gallery. I should have been very clear about what they should expect because, you know, they, this was a newborn session. It's slightly different. There's a lot of things that come afterwards. These clients, even though they were repeat clients, you know, they were used to a family session. They, they weren't necessarily working against um, holiday cards or newborn announcements in this sense where they wanted to get that pretty immediately. So I, um, I, I slept on it. And the next day I, I wrote them back and I said, listen, I, I do apologize. You are right. You know, I didn't communicate with you basically um, in an effective way. So I, um, I offered them some money back and I also gave them extra birth announcements, but I will tell you, they never called me again. They never referred anybody else to me like they had previously. And I lost that client. And so that was my moment where I, I just stopped everything. And I said, listen, what I'm doing is not working well. And I never want this to happen again. Um, cause it was, it, I mean, it really was debilitating for me, to be honest. And I might be on the, you know, that extreme um, side of things, but I am a people pleaser. And when I found out that they weren't happy, I was just totally crushed. So at that point, because I mean, I think, uh, I think again, a lot of people relate to this. You're, you, you kind of, I mean, look, this isn't true of everyone, but I think for a lot of people, we just, um, we have our own way of kind of managing everything. And, and, you know, we didn't, uh, for many of us go to like, we didn't get our BFA. We're like we're, we're, we're creating artwork. People like it. They hire us. Cool. Let me make up some things that I'll say like, Hey, you, you'll get them in three weeks. That sounds good. That seems like it's doable. And then we do it or we write it down in a journal. Like what were some of your processes, uh, at that time, um, for kind of, uh, we'll, we'll more or less say like organization, uh, kind of bookkeeping. Like I, man, even as I'm asking this question, I'm envisioning, I had this like little black book. It was just, this, yeah, it was just scribbles upon scribbles of all my notes of all the things to do. Um, and this was maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure I could have taken advantage of like the Google suite, but I don't think it was like what it is today. Um, and I just, it was just pen and paper. What was it for you? I was pen and paper too. So at that point in time, I literally would have a notebook and I'd have my client's last name written down and I'd have, you know, I'd write them down in order as I would photograph them. And I would just put a check mark next to them after I had edited. And then if I needed to deliver an album or anything like that next to that, I'd say, okay, design album. And then when that was complete, I'd put a check mark. I mean, I was very elementary with it all. Um, but again, it had worked for me up until that moment. So I was thinking, okay, I'm, I've got this, I'm doing really well. And unfortunately it came to the point where I, you know, I kind of crashed and burned. I lost a client. I lost the referrals that I had been getting. And, um, and again, it really hurt because I really liked them. They were, they were so much fun and they did love their images. You know, they loved they love their album and their announcements and everything, but unfortunately that doesn't always ensure that we get those clients to come back and to send us referrals. We have to make sure that we're actually, you know, communicating and treating our clients great and giving them a wonderful experience through the whole process. 
So, um, yeah, I was pen and paper. I was just like, just like you. Um, and, oh, yeah. until I couldn't I do it. For me, it was, for me, it was a client that, uh, I was, a, I was doing weddings. Um, so probably 2013 and they would, they, this was like an, a client who like had been following everything I had been doing for, you know, they just adored me. They literally actually made a video. They created their own video. Instead of just saying an email being like, Hey, are you available? They made a video and sent it over to me. Wow. Um, and so I like opened this video and it was like, it's essentially them asking me, they like proposed to me more or less, they like asked me to be the photographer and it was so incredible. And, uh, and I had the date available and everything's good to go. You know, a couple months go by and I actually remember being at a wedding. P.S. You guys, hey, listen up. If you are on your way to a session, a portrait session, newborn session, wedding especially, do not open your email inbox. Uh, like just to start the morning off, you know, like poke around in there a little bit. Don't do it. Uh, because if you read a terrible email, it will throw off that session so hard. You guys, I'm actually, I'm, I got to the wedding earlier that day. Uh, and, and I opened my inbox, uh, just kind of like poke around in there. And there's an email in there from the, from the couple who like adores, you know, who adored me. Uh, I should, I should go past tense now adored me. And they just said, Hey, we just noticed that in your, you know, an, an email earlier, you had written down a different date, uh, than what we had spoken about. And just wanted to double check on that. So mind you, uh, I didn't miss the wedding. It wasn't like the wedding was that day, but it was in that moment that I realized that something had gone horribly wrong. And there was a miscommunication at some point where a date was written down wrong and I now was no longer available. So now I've got to shoot this whole wedding in front of me knowing that I'm going to have to let this other person down uh, when I get home and that it was, it was a hard thing to do. So look, <laughs> there's a couple, there's a couple, uh, takeaways from this. You guys, again, do not check your email <laughs> prior to any session. Um, but that was a rough one and I'd get it because there was so it, for, like in both of our situations, there was this, this ideal client, uh, situation that, uh, that occurred that could have been avoided. Meredith, I know what I did after that point. What, like, you know what I mean? Like all the, all from there on, it's like, now I'm, you know, this is never happening again. What did you do? So I, the first thing I did was take a really hard look at what I was doing because I, it was not like me to not have kind of a process in place. And so I, when I sat down and I looked at what I had been doing, I realized I really was not operating like a business. You know, I would, I never hardly ever sent invoices. I would occasionally send contracts if I remembered. I even had what's what's really kind of ironic about this this situation was I had a designed, you know, welcome packet that I would send occasionally to my newborn clients. Come to find out, you know, because I didn't have anything helping me do this, I didn't send it to this client. So you know, I was hit or miss basically with everything. And so I kind of took a minute to just kind of scrutinize what I was doing, how I was doing things. And I so quickly realized, well, you're not really doing anything great. Like I was doing everything okay, but I wasn't doing anything really well. And so, um, so that's when I said, okay, I got to get help. I got to find a system to make this work. And my background had been in process improvements at a hospital system where, you know, I worked with our, um, our IT department to kind of leverage software. And so it was very, you know, instinctual for me to say, okay, I got to find a system. 
so that's that's exactly where I went after I realized there's a lot of things that I could be doing better. Um, I, I instantly went to try to find a system to help me, um, you know, do things better and, and be better at my business. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S. T.O. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, The really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, It gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Look, we're going to stay on theme here and keep talking about giving you guys solutions for all the things that are terrible to do. Um, So you guys remember when you started your small business, right? Like it was no small fee. Uh, You're spending uh, late nights, early mornings, the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, uh, ever since then, you've been insanely busy, right? And so one of the biggest challenges uh, is invoicing and it's accounting, Right. Let's make things a little bit easier in 2019. Our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks, this is invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for you as small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds. And then the best part is uh, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Uh, I love that part. File expenses even quicker. Uh, Keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is this. As your business continues to grow, which it will in 2019, let's be honest, you're going to always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to like figure out or learn all this accounting shenanigans, right? So you guys... 24 million people are using FreshBooks. Try it out for 30 days free. There's no credit card required. There's no catch. Uh, Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography, freshbooks.com forward slash photography, and then enter six-figure photography in the section where it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, right? Make sure you get that part down. When it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, enter six-figure photography, you're going to get your first 30 days free. I'm excited for you guys to check out FreshBooks. All right, let's get back to the show. 
I went to a system that I, you know, everything looked good. It was all like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I got into it and I was like, this, this system is far, like, I'm just going to call it what it is. I get, it is what it is. So I went to, it was shoot queue and this was, this was back in the day. Shoot queues changed a lot. PS. Yes. Um, so I went over to them and, um, and it was, uh, before all their updates, but I, I think, um, I'm just bad at like, I, if, if, if a system, um, like, look, we're visual people. Let's just call it what it is, right? <laughs> like, we're visual people. And I also think we're visually spoiled in 2019. Like, everything just like Apple now has made me like really stuck up when it comes to like UX and <laughs> simplicity. And so, um, so I started hopping into, uh, to Shuki's old system. And it just reminded me of something like, re, like from 1986 or something like really dated. And, and, and I found myself trying to solve this, this complex problem, but, but doing it inside of a complex system. And, and long story short, it did not stay with, I just couldn't, I, I, I couldn't get organized within it. Um, it was really frustrating for me. So for you, what system did you find at the time? So none, actually. So I tried pretty much everything that existed at the time. And I I think I'm pretty proficient with computers. So it was weird for me to, or with systems, you know, it was weird for me to open up a system, try it out and not be able to figure something out. So I got so easily frustrated with some of the systems because I couldn't even figure out how to add in one of my clients. You know, I thought, well, I should be able to just put in my client and then I can, I can put their session on my calendar. And then, you know, then I'd have this list of things associated there that I would know I needed to do. And the system would tell me when it was time. And, um, so I got very easily frustrated and that is exactly what sparked the the whole process of creating iris so very quickly i realized there could be an easier way to do this um you know i'm a visual person too and it needs to be simple and look good and do all the things that i need it to do and so uh so honestly that i very quickly made the decision um not well very quickly in in a some sense of the word, but I very quickly made the decision to start sketching out what would it look like? What would it do? You know, how would it, how would it be better? How would it be different? And, um, and so that's kind of how Iris was born. And maybe about a year later was when we actually launched. So that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff, like the, the thought of like, coding something or, or I don't, I like, I don't even know where to be. Like all that is, is just one big, uh, tangle in my mind. Uh, so I'm glad that you exist to, to like, I'm glad that people like you exist to help us, <laughs> you know? Um, so like, so for you, what were the things that didn't exist that you set out to actually put out there? Like, how is, how, how is it any different? Does that make sense? Cause even now, you know, look, we're in 2019 now and, and man, I wish I had the tools that are available now back then. There's some really great solutions for, um, for like client relationship management software for CRMs. So what were the, some of the things then that, that you were like, this is paramount, uh, towards keeping me on track? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, back then, I was very frustrated as a portrait photographer who didn't primarily shoot weddings with the systems that existed because they were so focused in on weddings, which is great, right? I mean, there's tons of wedding photographers and they need all of that. But for me, I thought, you know, 
I, I'm a portrait photographer. There's thousands and thousands of portrait photographers. Let's, let's kind of get this down to, you know, making it easier for photographers like myself to, to pick up this system and do it quickly and make it affordable and, uh, and not feel like it is a, a business expense that you don't want. It's a business expense that you want and you need and you love. And so what we really set out to do was build the system in a way that was extremely easy to set up. It would take you a couple of hours versus, you know, some systems can take weeks even, sometimes longer. So, um, so that was, that was kind of the big driving force behind it and making sure that a big, a big thing of mine was making sure it was affordable. Um, you know, everyday family portrait photographers, they're not always making a lot in the beginning, but they need a system in the beginning, even if they don't think they do. So making sure that it was something that was affordable and, and really, you know, could be used from part-time photographer all the way up through your full-time wedding photographer. Yeah. And so it sounds like though it is pretty niche, like there, there are some things, some elements to it that cater a little bit more towards portraiture. Yeah. So it does cater a little bit more towards portrait photographers. We do have hundreds of, of wedding photographers that use the platform as well. Um, but the best part about Iris is that it is so simple that, um, that anybody can use it. And I, I don't mean that simple in a, in a way that means we don't have all the features. Um, we do, and we still have the benefits as well. Um, so, but it, it is much, I set it up in a way that it works the way my brain works, if that makes sense. And it's not just my brain, thank goodness, that works this way. But, um, but we kind of, <laughs> How do they, what does that mean? How does your brain work? <laughs> oh, well, so I know it sounds kind of weird, but you know, as a photographer, I get a new lead and that new lead then decides they want to book with me. And once they book with me, I have a series of things that need to occur. And so really the way that Iris flows is just that way. We have a lead form and the leads are automatically pulled in. And then I can book that person. I can even book them online if I want to. Then I can say, hey, Iris, here's the series of things that need to happen. And here's when. And it's very straightforward. It's easy to set up. It's easy to track. It's easy to monitor and change and that's it. So there's not a whole lot of fluff. A lot of a lot of CRM systems will add get really feature heavy and and add in a bunch of stuff which is great. But a lot of photographers would use maybe 40 or 50% of it, right? So with Iris, we keep things very simple and we're very proud of that. Um, and it and it works well. Wow, there's there's thousands of photographers who love it because of its simplicity, but we're still giving them all the benefits. Yeah. When you built this, like, what is this, um, what does it mean to you to actually have stuff, uh, organized? Like, did it open up doors in regards to, um, new, uh, new developments within the business? I mean, like for you, once you got things clear, what did that do for you? So I think what it really did was it gave me the chance to focus in on other things. And so for me personally, that meant my family. I was able, you know, I got time to to play with my kids um, instead of always running, making sure that I sent out this email or, you know, did I did I get that contract signed and, and sent in the mail at the time, right? So I think having this organization and, and having things streamlined, it really gave me the sense of control and, and time. I was 
was able to to do the things I wanted to do. In addition to that, I could actually focus on growing my business. So, you know, I was able to explore at the time. Facebook, uh, you know, was still uh, it was starting to become a lot more paid, you know, advertising. So I could focus on, you know, boosting posts and running promotions and, um, and focusing on getting those clients to come back to me. So it opened up a lot more of, uh, the ability for me to really start focusing on marketing and other aspects of my business as well that I had been neglecting. So for the photographer who's listening and that's like, okay, I, I get that you also, you made it affordable. Love it. Um, some people are listening and they're like, they're just starting this thing out. Right. Uh, but this is what, and again, from experience, I want to encourage people, don't wait until you, you miss the mark, right. In order to start getting something in line. It, are there any strategies or, or tools that are available or techniques that you might be able to offer the community um, to uh, that you could start using even like day one, you know, you're not full time, you're still testing things out and trying and seeing if this is viable that they could use. And if you need a minute, I have, I have one that's kind of a neat thing, but I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. I mean, I think, so another big thing that we, we really love to do is just learn from other photographers and, and find out, you know, what is the best practice? You know, what is, what is the best way? And so we do, you know, we offer a lot of things, um, in Iris and one of them is, is a workflow that we, we give, we'll give to anybody. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to sign up for Iris to use it. Um, but we've put, you know, worked with our power users and come up with what is kind of the perfect workflow. And regardless of what you're shooting, you know, these are the steps that really should be, uh, should encompass every single session. And so we've put that together and a lot of photographers have found so much value in that. Some of them, of course, end up signing up with Iris and automating a lot of it and getting even more time back. But to be able to have something that is some sort of structure in place, regardless of whether you use a CRM or not, is so crucial to, you know, growing your business and staying in control of it. Nice. So even too, just to get like, I love a lot of this stuff. Um, even just to get my mind going of like, what are some things that maybe I'm not considering, or I could begin to introduce even at, you know, honestly at, at our level, we've got four full-time photographers, we got an associate brand, but I'm, I'm always digging into what, like where else, uh, what else could we be, um, streamlining or what are some things that we're, we were currently letting slide that we haven't, uh, realized, you know, um, is that some, is there a link to that that we could check out? Absolutely. Yeah. So we set up a bit.ly link, so it's bit.ly slash perfect workflow and it's an instant download. So all you got to do is head there, download it. Um, and again, you know, we tell you, here's what we recommend. Here's, you know, our, we even have the emails in the, in that download for you. Um, and if you, if you want to use it, you use it. And if you want to automate it, you can do that too, which is really cool. It's awesome. So, uh, any other tools? So there's this tool guys, can I drop this in there? Like if you're listening, this has been a really, and I use this in conjunction with our CRM, but, um, are you familiar with boomerang Meredith? No, I am not boomerang for Gmail. Oh yes. Yes. Yes, yes, this thing is so dope. Okay, listen up, photographers. Like, if you're, and again, we use this in conjunction with our CRM, and it just has really helped us get organized. It's helped us to to 
essentially removes some of that fear of like dropping the ball, but it's just a tool. So by the way, how do you feel about the whole Gmail thing? Like I do everything in Gmail, Meredith. Are you on the G suite? Have you forfeited your life to to Google yet? Oh yes. Everything we do. Okay, cool. Some people have not. If you haven't, I just want to encourage all the listeners, Gmail, operating your email out of Gmail offers so many amazing benefits within the tools that they have. And yes, they're going to collect all your data and and all that kind of stuff, but they've got that, but they've earned it. Like here, take my stuff. You've, you've earned it. Um, so there's a lot of really cool things. Google voice uh, to run your business voicemail through. Um, but one of the things is uh, it's called boomerang for Gmail. And so we, we operate our inbox um, as uh, as a little bit of like a to-do list, so to speak. So uh, it's it's if it's in our inbox, it means we need to do something with it, right? And if it's out of it, out of sight, out of mind, we don't. And so when something hits our, our inbox, we either reply to it and then we remove it from our inbox, archive it, or we reply to it. And then with Gmail's boomerang uh, feature, you can click this little boomerang and you can say, hey, if Meredith Gradle from iOS Works doesn't reply to coming on the podcast within two days, <laughs> put this back in my inbox. And so it takes it out of your inbox. And if you get a reply, sweet, it just brings it right back in, right? Because uh, then you got a new email. It got something to do with it. But if, 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 if they haven't replied, it'll populate poop, right back in your inbox. And then it prompts you essentially to do something with it. And so it's a really cool way that um, that we've used to kind of stay organized, uh, to keep things front of mind that we need to make sure that we stay up on. It's great for following up with leads. I just mentioned like our bridal show, you know, we just got back from, we're going to use Boomerang to really kind of do that. So anyhow, it's a great little tool, you guys. And it's amazing when you incorporate it with a CRM, with automated workflows uh, and this, it's like... It's how we do what we do is is using an, an incredible CRM. And then the, the resources that are available within Gmail, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I, so anyhow, ch- check that out. It's, uh, it's, it's some pretty cool stuff. Meredith, um, are, there, are there any other tools that, that you get excited about that you integrate with um, that are almost like, I don't know what I could do without this thing? Yeah. The other thing that I really love, it's funny you mentioned the boomerang with Gmail. I use the snooze feature in Gmail. Have you used that at all? It Tell sounds very similar. It. So it's very similar. It's kind of in their new upgraded G Suite or whatever. It might still be you know, to, in testing, I'm not sure, but it allows me if I get, you know, an invoice or an email or something for our business that I need to, you know, make sure I follow up on, I can just snooze the message. So if I'm like, I can't get to this right now, I'll snooze it and say, okay, remind me again in one week and it will pop back up into my inbox in a week. And it'll say, Hey, you oh. snooze this message. So it's similar, but it, you know, it's nice it's nice for things like, okay, I know I need to get to this, but I can't right now, but I do not want to lose sight of it. So I use that all the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, that must be new. Um, you know, I think, I think boomerang, it may have been like $5 or something like that. Uh, but, but look, but that's worth Google it. stepping up again, yeah. just monopolizing everything. They are. They are. <laughs> that's sweet if it's yeah. built right in. And then I love Asana which again, you can use it for free. There's paid versions too, but Asana, Asana Asana is just kind of like a a project management tool. So we use it, uh, you know, for marketing projects and I use it kind of as my own, just like to-do list of making sure like, Hey, these are things I want to get to and I'll add notes to them, but you can collaborate with your team members. So if you have a team, it's great for that as well. Uh, And we can kind of collaborate right within Asana, but then they also 
back to Gmail, they have a, um, you know, a plugin and I can send, if I get an email that, you know, requires that this is a task I've got to get done, I can actually just send it to Asana, create a task there. Um, you can set up reminders through that, all of that good stuff. So it's another just kind of to-do list, pro- project management tool, and it's great for collaboration. So we do use that a ton. Um, and as well, we use Slack, which I'm sure, you know, everybody's if you've got a team, it's wonderful to use um, for that kind of thing as well. And it's great for communicating um, with anyone, really. So it's awesome. Yeah, I messed around with Slack a little bit. It's another one of those ones that I've gotten into that I'm like, ah, this is too much. I'm confused. Um, so <laughs> if you can't tell, Meredith, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like my threshold for ah, I'm confused is pretty low. Uh, so, so I may need to to hop over and check out this whole Iris thing because like I get into things and uh, if it's not immediately evident, I'm I'm like I'm bailing. I'm out. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are the same. Meredith, where can people find uh, out more about you, about Irisworks? And by the way, just to be clear, I'm going to make sure, listeners, that I get um, that it's that perfect uh, the portrait, a perfect portrait workflow. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, link down in the show notes. So that link will be in the show notes and then any of the other links that Meredith may mention here. But where can people find you online, uh, see what you're up to? Yeah, they can just find us at iris-works.com. And, uh, and they, you know, we, of course, have a thir- 30-day free trial. There's that Monday coming out. Um, and so, we can, you know, you can find out more information, check out, you know, videos and all of that good stuff on our website. But free trial, sign up. All you need is your name and email. You don't have to input any credit card or anything like that. And just try it out. Um, I always tell people studio management is very, I like to use the analogy, it's very similar to Nikon, Canon, Sony, right? You got to you gotta try it out. You got to see what you think. You have to you gotta play with it a little bit before you know what fits what fits you and your business. And so I always encourage people to give it a try and it may or may not work for you. You may find something else that, that is better suited to your business and to your needs and how your brain works. But, um, almost all of them have free trials. It's just something I really encourage people to go out and try and research and, um, don't just ask your friends. It's always great to get input from, uh, your, your other photographer friends in the community, but, I also think it's really important to just try it yourself and see what works best. Love it. Hey, make sure that, that analogy, you were like, you, you know, it's kind of like Canon, Sony, Nikon. Let's get some Fuji in there. Let's get some yeah, Fuji, Fuji in too. Analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, I've always like the, um, like the jealous, uh, with like the jealous, there's like that internet meme. It's like the jealous girlfriend, jealous boyfriend, uh, or ex. like, I feel like, you know, Sony, Canon, Nikon are always getting all the love. And then I'm just like that Fuji guy over in the corner. It's being like, Hey guys, don't forget me. Like, can I play? Um, <laughs> Meredith, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on uh, today's episode, um, for, for providing some amazing resources uh, for everyone. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yes. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you go check out that portrait workflow. Like, again, I'm going to, even as a wedding photographer, you know, seven years into the career, um, take a look, see if there's something you can dial into on that. See if there's something that maybe just needs a little bit more attention because even if you're brand new, it's going to be amazing for sure. If you're mid game and, or you've been at this for a while, a lot of times these little workflow things, they easily start to fall to the wayside 
side, right? You start to get into some old habits. Uh, so go check out that resource that Meredith uh, provided for you guys. Honestly, see if there's something that this is the time of year to really dial in, get organized, uh, start serving your clients even better. You guys, we will see you on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Thank you so much again uh, for tuning in. Until then, bye now. Bye now.